Welcome to today's episode, the second episode of the Marketing Sandbox podcast. It is Friday, October 23rd, 2020, and I am joined as always by my colleague, Renee Sperlin. Hey, Renee. Hello. We have uh, an exciting guest today, Brenda Fix from Microsoft. She is a customer success manager for the health and life sciences division. And she's a longtime marketer. Um, Brenda was going to have some really tremendous advice for all of you marketing and PR folks out there listening to us. But before we get to Brenda, I've got to ask you, Renee, did you, uh, did you get a chance to watch that debate last night? So I actually didn't watch it. My mind is made up. Nothing's going to change it at this point. And nine o'clock is late for this mama. I could not stay up that long. And and I, I will reiterate that we are not going to talk politics much on this show, if ever. But the reason I, I wanted to bring it up with you, Renee, is that week after next, well, first of all, elections have become a month-long um, initiative, if not longer, with early voting and mail-in voting. And then um, uh, election day itself is obviously a long day. Uh, what I was thinking, and I wanted to get your opinion on this. I mean, should marketing just cease for like a week? Is it worth just continuing to spend money on things when nobody's focus is going to be on anything outside of an election for at least a three or four day span? Well, here's the thing, Evan, everybody's focus is actually going to be online in those few days. We're all going to be on Twitter, scanning Facebook, reading, watching news. So I'd say no, don't turn it off. However, be very cognizant of the news cycle. Be very cognizant of your messaging and what you have scheduled. And you may want to tweak that a little bit, but... I wouldn't say turn it off because everyone will be tuned in. Yeah, I wonder if uh, if your if uh, your ad dollars are a plenty if you go in and make some creative ads to play off of election news uh, during the course of that time frame, and then just go ahead and and stop them afterwards to try to capture that, that search cycle that's going to be present for a couple of days. Definitely. That's I mean, if that fits that. within your branding, there's absolutely room for it. There'll be a lot of competition too, though. I mean. Ad dollars are competitive right now. Yeah, and best practice for brands, right? Stay out of it. Go uh, maybe encourage folks to vote, but just don't otherwise engage. 100%. You know, I mean, our company's closed for the day, encouraging us all to do our civic duty or volunteer if we have. I mean, those are great kinds of messaging, the cultural kind of messaging, the, the community citizen message but yes, otherwise stay out of politics. Got it. Um, you didn't miss anything in the debate, really. Uh, <laughs> the Giants and Eagles game was equally as bad until the last minute last night. So um, if other people found other things to watch, I commend them. Um, and I'm a big fan of Ted Lasso. If anyone wants to go and watch something funny during these most serious of times the next couple of weeks. I'm not sure who that is. Uh, we'll have to send you the detail. New Apple TV show. It's really, really funny. Well, the um, new Borat comes out tonight, too. So it's for something really stupid humor. Yes. I go to. Yes, absolutely. <laughs> Anyways, let's move on. Let's now um, get to the crux of our show today. And that is speaking with Brenda.
we're joined by Brenda Fix today. She's a senior customer success manager for health and life science customers at Microsoft. And Brenda was actually on a recent webinar that our ARPR healthcare team hosted a few weeks ago. And we thought she would be a perfect guest today as we talk about the shift to remote life and, and what's permanent and what we've learned from it. In her role, she builds programs to help Microsoft customers achieve more in their businesses with their tech investments. And that includes Microsoft Teams, a, a big component of the shift to remote work. Um, she's also worked in marketing, PR, advertising, partner relationships, and business management roles at Siemens Healthcare, Quest Diagnostics, and Care Science. So welcome, Brenda. Thanks for having me. This is uh, getting to be a thing with you guys. It's great to be here again. <laughs> Thank you for the time again. Um, can you tell us a little bit more about your role, your team, and, and your focus at Microsoft? Sure. Um, I just started this month in that customer success management role you talked about, focusing on teams. And um, my, my previous background has been about 25 years of marketing. So the reason I took the current role I have is started seeing a lot of what we were doing for our customers with COVID, our, our hospitals, our um, pharma, pharmaceutical companies, life sciences companies, and um, the team's platform, this isn't an ad for Microsoft, but the Teams platform was such a huge part of getting these hospitals, you know, staying alive. And I'll, I'll get into a little bit of that later. But um, previous to that, I've been here for seven years at Microsoft and I was doing health and life sciences and pharmaceutical marketing at the U.S. level um, for our health sales organization. And that team is a, a national team. Um, we're all remote because we're all different different types of skill sets where there's the, um, you know, the, the big engine in Seattle. So we're already kind of matrixed that way. Um, we market to decision makers, the C-level. And Microsoft's a little different where you market to your existing customers at this level, the enterprise customer. So you're really focusing on growing your business within each customer. It's not getting new customers, it's getting new leads within those customers. So it's a little different. Um, and, you know, I think from back to what I'm doing right now, um, our hospitals and are having a lot of problem with COVID because you can't... Um, you can't keep going in and out of these rooms and you have to put all your PPE on if someone's in the ICU. Um, they're able to do a lot of remote monitoring, looking at someone's temperature, for example. There's a camera in there that's used on Teams and they can look at the camera and see what someone's temperature or heart rate is. They're also using Teams for um, families to talk to each other because, as you know, if you're in the hospital with COVID, you can't see your family. So when I start hearing all the different applications and how we could help our customers, I'm taking my marketing way of thinking into the customer success role. So that's kind of what I'm doing right now. Super interesting. You'll have, I think you're going to have a very unique perspective for us today based on those, those roles and how marketing overlaps, um, you know, both of them and really a lot of your, your career to date. I'm curious, um, we have read a lot, watched a lot of segments, seen a lot written about um, the transition to ubiquitous remote work that has impacted organizations as a whole. Mm -hmm. uh, I wanted to talk to you about a little more specifically on the impact to um, marketing teams and customer success. Like how mm -hmm. have the last six months been for you? I know you're in your new role right now, but um, as you look with, from a marketing lens, what's been the most different that you've had and your teams have had to adjust to? I think um, the fact that we can't do in-person events, that's probably the hardest and biggest impact. If you're already in social or digital or content marketing, um, 
the change wasn't as abrupt, but from what our team does, we meet the customers in person. We bring our sales teams together. We hear their business impacts. How can we help them? Um, we get to hear what the, what the competition is doing. We get a lot of information and build a lot of high-level relationships with you know, executives and the buyers. And without those in-person events, you're losing a lot of that feed on the street. So, for example, HIMSS, which is the Health Information Management System Society, for those who don't know, um, that started the first week of March. And as you know, in Seattle, that was the outbreak area. And Microsoft being in Seattle, we were very concerned about HIMSS, which is going to be in Orlando. It is a huge trade show, about 40,000 people. We had a two-story booth right in the main entrance, and we had to make a decision. Um, Did we want to put our people in danger? Did we want to put our customers in danger? The biggest impact and the most immediate impact was taking that basically global level investment, canceling our two-story booth, and two days later, HIMSS had to cancel the show. So we felt like we broke first, at least within our industry marketing group. Um, That impact was huge. And then it just kind of cascaded from there. And we're not the only marketing organization. I think every marketing type across the country saw that too. So that was the most abrupt and, and the most immediate impact. So I'm switching gears a little bit, and I do want to focus in on remote work, but I'd be very remiss if I didn't, as a fellow marketer, ask you what you're doing now to make up a little bit for those connections. Yeah, for HIMS, we I was really worried right away that there was going to be a glut. You think of all the vendors and, and healthcare IT companies that invest in that show. And if we all go back home and start doing webinars, um, I could just see the tsunami of emails coming at people and saying, hey, go to this one, go to that one. So what we did is we went, we had to go back and retrench working with our worldwide team, cut back on the content because we had about 30 activations at this show. There's no way you could switch those all to the digital. And boil it down to about a three or four hour session, rebook all our speakers, rebook all our executives, tape them ahead of time and make it an on-demand, you know, with a big push around it to promote it for the day it went live, but turn it into a content play instead on digital content play. How did that work out? Um, Honestly, I think it was a great lesson in how to skinny things down quickly for this this way of marketing. Um, We learned a lot that it's shorter segments that you need to do now, Um, a lot more interactive panels, but I don't think we got nearly the reach we would have if we were there in person. There's just no comparison. I saw someone tweet the other day, you know, what I wouldn't give for a crappy cup of coffee and a rubber chicken dinner right now just to have those connections again. It's crazy because I really, I I told my family probably about four or five months ago, I miss that getting up the crack of dawn, getting dressed up, hustling over. We do a lot in our New York City office, you know, and that adrenaline, it's kind of an adrenaline rush because something could go wrong. It's like producing a play almost and you have all these things that have to go right and something always goes wrong. Um, but I kind of miss that, which is a little sick, maybe. I don't know. <laughs> Staying at home. That's, that's, your new, that's your New Yorker at heart, though, isn't it? Getting up and getting in the uh, in the rat race. Yeah, and I'm not. I grew up outside New York, but still, it's like you know, you, you get that. You know, you know, you did something that day. That's for sure. Whereas at home, and you tape it beforehand, it, it's not quite the same. Well, speaking of going into the office, uh, we've seen media reports that Microsoft is allowing employees to work from home freely for less than fifty percent of the time. Don't have to get approval, or that managers can't approve permanent remote work. How is that affecting your team, or is it not? Since you guys were already matrixed anyway, how are you approaching that? It's a bit of a split, and on Thursday, we just found out that there 
will be no in-person meetings from a marketing perspective or internal. Um, we have these big training shows that go on for our staff um, until July. So we will not be going into the office until July unless there's a compelling reason. Um, people at that point may still opt to stay at home. That's across Microsoft as a whole. I mean, you think there's engineers who obviously may need to go in, you know, to keep the lights on. But um, back to the point of we have been, a large of us, a large group of the field marketers are already in the field at home working. It's the people in Seattle, I think, were affected the most by it. They weren't used to the back-to-back meetings, um, not being able to see people. A a lot of people would love to go back to that. Um, It's really up to how the pandemic runs out and at some point hopefully people's preferences but for now the advice is stay home and microsoft is a really big company lots of marketers lots of agency partners um how how has that been impacted with the switch to remote work are there mandates or, or edicts coming down from microsoft as to how marketing teams and their agencies need to work together or is each team kind of given um, its independence and how to continue to push things forward despite the limitations? I think we're in a unique position where there really weren't many new rules that had to come out because we use Teams to communicate with our vendors, our partners, um, our business partners and our creative partners and each other. And we are so security driven and we have so many processes and rules in place already for you know, budgeting, uh, branding approvals, privacy approvals. We're pretty locked down on that already. So luckily that's in place. Um, and every organization can make their own rules. And I think from our, I'm in the, I was in the U.S. Central Marketing Organization and it was, you know, you're trusted to do your job, do your job, you know, do the processes correctly. Don't break any rules, get things done on time and on budget. And that's pretty much the message is, you know, continue as usual, pretty much. Um, what I would say is, we have Microsoft's been doing a good amount to recognize that some people have kids at home. Um, they're homeschooling. They have to watch them over the, over the summer. Some families had, you know, shift jobs. If someone's a physician and they're gone a lot, but yeah, there's, they, they're, they're trying to encourage us to take breaks. If you need to go to the grocery store, um, try to exercise. Now that's all easier said than done when you have little kids at home. But, um, we are having you know flexibility on if you need to take time. I mean, they're being realistic about it, but then of course, you know, there's that, still that business goal that needs to be met. So every group has a challenge and it's just a balancing out for everyone. So what are some of those biggest challenges? It sounds like Microsoft really had the, a good infrastructure to support you guys, but beyond kind of the external marketing piece, what's been the biggest challenge internally with your team? Um, I think for the people in Seattle, it was very difficult to adjust. We actually, as field marketers, spent a lot of time just trying to give them tips and trying to, they were losing their minds. And I can totally understand. I've worked at home for 10 years and you need to learn how to influence people. You need to know how to get people who may not be interested in your project to pay attention and help you. Um, we run a lot of V teams already. So that's good. But if you have a new V team to set up and for those people in Seattle who could always just go knock on someone's door and say, Hey, we need some help on a project that's gone. So I think the people who were in person full time were had more problems than, than us people sitting at home. Has that resolved itself as we approach the end of this year and, and what um, new processes or technology ad- adoption have went into making things um a little bit easier for the Seattle bunch in particular. Um, we we've been cutting back on meetings. Um, those all hands meetings, the update meetings. 
Um, it, it's a funny Teams feature, but you can go in and, and have your, we're being encouraged to have our meetings end five or 10 minutes early. So instead of a full hour, you do 50 minutes and that's on the calendar and there's a little five minute reminder. Um, it, the whole switch to digital has been a big point. Um, there's a lot of different ways we need to do things now. We can't email as much. And we were talking about this on the webcast the other day. Um, we can't do as much email. We have the the spam rules in place. Uh, we have GDPR in place. Um, everyone's reaching to do digital and there's a glut right now. And I think that's probably something that we're still working through. There's just a volume there that is, is trying to be met. And the other thing, I guess, for the healthcare customers is how do you be mindful? This is, this is continuing. How do you be mindful of their needs without being too salesy or pushy? You know, you don't want to go to them and say, Hey, we got this great solution for your ICU, you know, by Microsoft. We did give, I believe it was a six month license on teams. So people could start using it. You really have to be customer focused and mindful of the situation they're in and how you can also with your solutions, help them. That's an ongoing balance that we have to make that is probably not going to be changing for a while. With those limitations and lack of in-person collaboration, do you think creativity has been suffering? Mm, Yeah, I was thinking about that. Um, I think the creativity is probably still on that in-person. How do you recreate that experience? Um, how, how do you still feel like you're connected with people? I think from a, um, an agency perspective or the social media team, we already had, again, that tech infrastructure in place. We don't have a, um, I don't have a lot of meetings in person with the creative agencies. It's, it's done, you know, just like we're talking now. Um, so I don't think all of us missed that in person sitting in a room meeting with our agencies. Um, but you have a problem when it comes to creatively engaging your customers, if you're not standing in front of them, I think that's a bigger, a bigger piece of it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. The, the agency question is interesting. We have a lot of people who listen to this podcast who rely on one or multiple agencies for various needs, whether that be advertising, marketing, or PR. And they've started to rely on agencies for different things. And they might not have, you know, tightening up crisis communication plans and rethinking some of their content marketing, like as you were forced to do when the events um, uh, shut down earlier this year. Are you you using you in your work are you using your agency partners differently any of your colleagues using them differently or is it a bit more of the same just the interactions are different I would say the same but interactions are probably different um, we did have a little bit of restructuring internally on how we reach out to our agencies and how they get how the trafficking gets put forward and again we're Microsoft, we're process. Um, I don't think the creative activity and collaboration changes. I think it's how do you reach the, the agencies and how do you provide the information you need? And how do you, um, I think it's more how do you prioritize what project gets sent to the agency? I think it's more on the front end for us on making sure that we're not totally you know, spam, slamming our agencies and not getting a quality of, of work because they've got so much to do. Mm-hmm. There's definitely been a lot of pivots in yeah, reprogramation yeah. in the last. Yeah, oh, that's a good. Pretty word much anything for. you do. <laughs> um, let's look forward for our last few minutes mm-hmm. together. What do, What do you think have been the biggest lessons learned from the past few months from marketers, and and what do you think sticks post COVID that was absent pre pandemic, and and what kind of goes back to normal for like yeah, <laughs> that is. Yeah. Um, well, I think the one lesson is. Obviously, change is hard. 
Um, it's hard for the customers. It's hard for us. I think it's been especially hard for people in the health IT marketing space, but it also is a bit freeing because you can say, Hey, we got to chuck this whole plan. Now, there are things that I, it broke my heart that I couldn't do this year. There's a couple events that are so good in person that we couldn't do them. Um, I think it's given us an opportunity to work with our partners more, both our business partners and any associations that we work with, um, thought leadership, because those partners need help too. They don't have huge marketing steps. They're coming to us and saying, how do you do it? How can you help us? So that, that lesson of we can learn from each other, um, Long-term, it gives you a chance to reimagine your whole plan, which I think is is kind of cool, but also it's an awful lot of work. Um, going forward, I think a lot of the lessons that we learned in digital will remain. You know, making our sessions maybe 20, 25 minutes, making your event three to four hours versus a whole day, keeping little sizzle reels in between sections or sessions, um, the no death by PowerPoint, make sure you have a panel discussion, make sure you've got a compelling speaker and some cool case studies um, and making it digital afterwards and making sure that people can da- you know, download and get that information. And then that comes into a question of, you know, do you gate these, do you gate these pieces of content or not? And that's a whole other discussion of, do you just want to get it out there for people to know it or where does lead generation go? So um, that's one dilemma that's still being worked out. And then one more thing I would say is what will change, what's changed and will continue is the use of data. If you can't send emails out as often, if you're not doing in-person events and you want to scale, you really need to look at your data and see who are the best customers, you know, to target with any one campaign. And I think that is hard for everyone to do. It's a lot of extra work, but I think the more people do it, that will carry on into the future. I loved what you said earlier, though, about shortening and eliminating unnecessary meetings. Um, yeah, yeah. <laughs> working from home with his wife, who is on the phone seven out of the eight working hours a day, yeah. I can attest to how that becomes problematic and the work that needs to be put in in the morning and night in those right. scenarios. So, yeah. Um, last question uh, for you personally: um, What if? What have you really learned over the last couple of months that you um, may not have had top of mind prior to uh, prior to March? And how might you use that as you go forward in your career? Kind of a tip to share with other marketers, if you will. Um, well, two things is one is this is a time to really align with your management, your senior leadership, because back to that lead comment is your leads are going to plummet with, you know, all these events being canceled and your way of reaching your customer needs to change. I think it's a good time to get your management involved, which is our, our GM went up the chain to our corporate vice president and said, Hey, this is changing. You need to understand that the role of marketing is probably not going to look exactly the same, but we still have the same goals. And those are discussions that probably are a little difficult to have when, you know, marketing is basically a cost center and you've got to make sure that you can prove your value. Um, I think for me personally, from a marketing perspective is you get so used to things. Um, I've been in healthcare my whole career and you almost start taking for granted what your customers do because you've been working for so long. When I start seeing, you know, the day-to-day things our customers were doing to help their patients and how we could help them and how our, even our sales teams were working day and night over the weekend to get people set up on the tools that they needed that they were like, Oh, in six months, we'll look at that. Um, 
that really kind of pushed me to take this customer success role because I think we all have to remember that, especially in healthcare, you know, our, our customers are doing fabulous work. So that's something personal for me. Well, thank you so much. This was enlightening. I totally agree with Evan. I'm going to, I, that, that rush you get when a meeting ends five minutes early, unexpectedly. I think I need to start scheduling that. Have more team meetings. So it's, and, and we're giving you back four minutes of your time today. Hey, Look at that. It helps. Good job. Thank you, Brenda. Thank you so thanks, much. Thanks a lot. Good talking to you. Good talking to you too. Thank you. That'll wrap it for the second episode of the Marketing Sandbox podcast. Hope you enjoyed the interview with Brenda. Please make sure to follow us on Spotify or wherever you get your podcast content. And if you like it, go ahead and leave us a nice review. Until next time, happy voting. And we'll talk to you again soon. See you next time. Bye for now.